It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But what was your experience um, with Mike Zimmer? Like, did you ever feel that way? Or were you always like, I know what kind of guy he is, whether he's nice to me or not? No, it's uh, I, I love Coach Zim. I love, I mean, that's that's my guy, you know, mm-hmm. and he got me. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. I'm excited today. Why? Well, I got my best friend. He's one of my good friends, Roy Williams, former Cowboy safety. Also played for Mike Zimmer, so you want to stick around and hear what he has to say about Mike Zimmer. But I went to the Minnesota Wild game last night. As I bring Sam Extraman, my producer. Sam, I just got to tell you, Sam. I, I'm, I'm kind of, like I don't want to be a hockey fan right away. Like I don't want to like, you know, come out and say, you know, I'm a hockey fan. But I, what I'm not gonna say is that I'm not walking around today with this. Like <laughs> I got one of these last night. I was twirling it. You know, I was out there twirling it with the fans. I'm twirling it, and you know, my wife's looking at me. She could not believe, you know, that I actually let go and had a little fun. Uh, with the fans we're high-fiving everybody we're sitting next to the wild i appreciate thank you to the minnesota wild for the tickets um so i was kind of sitting around and i figured i'd be sitting around like wild family or friends or whatever so i you know i didn't want to you know go in in you know and just be a, a complete like bored guy and you know so you walk in, you know what to expect literally soon as i walk in goal i'm like what because i got in like right at the first goal and I'm still standing because I didn't realize you're not allowed to sit during motion. So now they're trying to usher people in. And um, as I'm heading to my seat, goal. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, this can't be real. <laughs> like, there's no way goals are scored this fast. And so as I'm talking to people, they're like, no, it normally does not happen like that. But it's happening. Uh, it happened again, I think, in the fifth and sixth goal or the no, the fourth and fifth goal. Um, no, 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 fifth and sixth because the sixth goal was taken away because Arison Eck was off sides. Um, and so when you looked at that five to six goal, again, it was like, boom, empty netter, boom. You know, and I'm like, is it always like this? Because if hockey is always like this, I'm in. Like, sign me up. I am getting messages. I won't lie from people saying, hey, man, you're a good luck charm. Because that was my I, – I, I, I was a hockey virgin. NHL hockey version. I have gone to a Gophers Wisconsin game in college. Um, so I have been to an actual hockey game. Um, but as far as the NHL goes, I was an NHL hockey virgin. And, you know, I'm glad I got to experience that. One, I got to experience my wife, like not my boys, not my friends. Um, because that's a good story. We'll always be able to tell our kids. Cause now we're like, man, we should bring our kids to this. Uh, cause that was cool. It's just too late though. Like I saw people there with kids and I'm like, we're leaving here at 1130 and your kid is still awake. Like I'm in the parking lot driving out. I'm looking over at people walking across the street. Kids are half sleep. They're trying to drag their kid. I'm like, pick the baby <laughs> up. Like I know the baby's 11, but pick the 11. Is that, is my, is that my 11 year old daughter? She looks exact, uh, completely exhausted and tired. I'm picking my baby up. And so it was so much fun though, man. And so looking at just the speed of the game, um, I was able to host the power trip yesterday as well. And that helped out. I met Todd Fredrickson. He's the VP of marketing. Um, I, I actually did the show with Nate Prosser. And so Prosser gave me a bunch of tips about what to watch. And so, man, as I'm seeing, I had never noticed guys really laying their body on the line for their goalie. 
Like laying on the ground as a shot's coming in. Uh, I don't know what number he was for the blues, but he took an absolute rocket like to the arm or the shoulder. He falls, he jumps up, he just like his shoulder slumped over, he skates off, they sub him out. I'm like, dude, like took five years off of his life. Like he took an absolute rocket. Cause I thought about the Mighty Ducks and the kid that used to be able to shoot like ridiculous speed, but he could he had no accuracy. Mm-hmm. Like he could, I forgot his name, but in the movie, and Audrey probably knows it exactly. But you know, he was one of the Bash brothers. They wore the bandanas, but he could like bang it, but he couldn't skate, so they had to teach him how to skate. Uh, and that reminds me a little bit of uh, it, it reminded me a little bit of um, uh, Delorier. You know, big lumbering, just you know, because I didn't know what his role was. I'm like, he's just a big dude out there. His job is to enforce, and I'm not know I'm I'm speaking to the to the masses because you guys are hockey, you know, state of hockey out there, in Minnesota. You know this, but for me to even watch him protect the goalie, like every time there's a goal, you know, they're still trying to stick the stick under the goalie's butt. They're trying to get it in his legs, trying to you know jar the puck loose so they can really say it's not dead yet. Uh, and the refs kind of let it play for a minute, like to see, like, oh, is he going to get it out of there? Like, what? And then those guys come knock guys out. They're throwing guys down. They're holding guys. They're pulling guys off their goalie. Um, but just seeing guys lay on the ground because Prosser said, they said, man, we need to get more guys in the house to lay down. And I'm like, man, that's a great term because he said, you know, that blue and then make it like a little triangle. It's a house. And that's the area you got to clean the house. Like you got to keep guys out of there uh, so they're not in the way of the goalie so we can see the shot on goal. And just watching all of that, watching it play out, watching guys on fast breaks, just the speed of it, watching how slippery Kiel Kaprizov is with the with the with the puck, man. I mean, just stopping and being able to puck handle it in one hand and hold a guy off. Um, I even got into the penalties a little bit. I'm starting to watch the replay. Like, man, that's not tripping. Like, I, I literally <laughs> felt like this is the Vikings game because the Vikings have that same issue with refs. Like, I think it's just a Minnesota thing. Like, the Minnesota Timberwolves had issues with the ref. Uh, the Vikings has issue with refs, and now the twin or the the wild like some of the penalties. It was so funny to watch Eric uh, Eck like skate off like his mom just sent him to his room like with the head down um, because the refs just screwed him. Like it, like one time, literally, he's just standing there um, right at the little matchup spot where they face off, uh, it, or like off to the right. Guy just like falls, doesn't really hit him, falls. They throw him out for for roughing. You know, I would have said, and I didn't know this was a flag embellishment. Like, I think that guy embellished. I don't think that was actually like, it's like flopping in the NBA. I guess they were trying to explain it to me. I'm like, yes, he embellished. Like, there's no way that Arison <laughs> heck hit that guy. Uh, one of the trippings, same thing. He's just skating. That guy can't get his skate up over his skate. That's not tripping. He didn't stick his leg out, move. He embellished, but I, I loved it. I, I had a ton of fun. Uh, they won six to two. I tweeted and I'm going to tweet it out today. That's three Ron Johnson, though, but I'm going to tweet it out today. I tweeted the score would be five to three. So I said eight points for those that were betting in Vegas. Because why? Because Ben Lieber said it would be six. I said it's going to be over six. It was over six. Five, uh, six to two, though, better, but still eight points. I said it was going to be eight. I'm not saying I know it all, but I felt it. When I walked into that building, I sent that tweet. I'm like, man, it's gonna like this is going to be a high scoring one. And everybody's like, oh, I think it's going to be a grinder. They're going to grind it. No, nah, man. I saw my first hat trick. Like, I saw two hat tricks. One you saw didn't two. Count. One <laughs> didn't count. And my wife was like, what is going on? Like, why are they throwing hats? And hats were coming from the top. People were – it's like a conveyor belt of hats. Like, people would throw theirs so the next person could throw theirs. And then there was a guy, like, at the net. He's throwing them up over. He's trying to force them under the net. And the refs are just clearing out. Players are clearing out. They're just waiting for the hats to be done. Uh, the skate crew comes out with their trash cans. They put on – what do they do with those hats, Sam? Like, where do those hats go? Lost and found? um oh, i don't so know there's not like a there's not like a donation program 
maybe homeless or something. There, no, there might be. I mean, it'd be hard to to get your own hat from that many hats <laughs> and not steal other people's hat, right? I right. mean, it would just it would be a free for all. I don't know where they would have that stationed to pick yep. up your hat. So maybe they do give them away. I always wondered that, like, because I'm that was a ton of hats. And then it was, I think it was Arison Eck. Arison Eck, you know, but he was offside. So they put that goal back. They took it off. They they rewatched it and he was offside. He entered the blue. And I learned that he entered the blue line before the puck um, or crossed the blue line before the puck. Right. That's the, that's how it works. Right. You can't yeah, cross yeah. the blue line before the puck and the person yep. with the puck. Yeah. So he crossed the blue line early. Um, so it was a legit call. They watched the replay. Um, and then Kirill Kaprizov, he comes back, he gets the hat trick. So that was that was cool as well, just to see that the fans, the excitement, uh, the high fives, um, you know, the the willingness of people because I everybody knew like they're like, oh, that black guy doesn't know what he's watching. Uh, so the willingness of people like to just talk to me. A lot of people actually knew because they would listen to K Fan and they they actually watched the Ron Johnson show. I found out too because a lot of people were coming to me like, are you are you gonna talk about this tomorrow? Like, do you enjoy it? Did you have fun? Like. You know, so it, like it was cool to see now, like after doing eight years of media in Minneapolis, that people actually uh, recognize me out now and, and they're asking me about, you know, my experience, my having fun. Uh, so, no, I, I completely enjoyed it, Sam. But let, let, let's talk about the game a little bit, Sam. Like for you, um, what do you think now? Like it's 1-1 because now I'm I, – I, I hate to be a rube because now I feel like it, but <laughs> I do still feel like wild and six. I think I say wild and six. So I, I think they can do it because all they have to do is steal one, on the road, maybe two. They still the first one on the road Friday. They can then now you got them questioning, like, man, they really put six goals up on us. Now are they questioning? Now Flurry, he's you know, and that's the other question. Do you stick with Flurry now this whole series? Or do you give Cam Talbot a chance on the road? Like I that, I'm I'm concerned about that too. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I mean the the wild rolled the dice by sticking with Flurry and it, it paid off. I thought he was pretty strong in that game. And it got a little dicey there, Ron, early in the third period where it was four to two. Yeah. Blues yep. had a power play. They could have yep. easily cut that to four to three. And then you're gripping your stick tightly. But uh the wild survived. Flurry was good. He he made sure they didn't lose that lead. Um, and they they broke Huso, who I'm sure I'm sure you were in on the chance, Ron. Yeah. Huso, Huso. You know, they they kind of they figured him out a bit too. So now they go to Huso to who sucks. So Ooh. they were it was a it was a couple different ones they had. And then they did the whoso sucks. So it was like whoso, whoso sucks, then who sucks. So it was my wife was like, that's not nice. Like that's sort of a blend nice. of yeah. My words. wife wasn't my yeah. wife wasn't happy with that one. She's like, that's not nice. She's like, what are they saying? I'm like, well, they're saying whoso. And I pointed to the goalie because he's in front of us at that point. And then when they got to who sucks, I think when it was the fifth or sixth goal, the fifth goal, I think they started saying who sucks. And then she's not she's not a proponent of the uh of the taunting of players. She's a very fair play uh mm -hmm. athlete and so she was not happy with the minnesota wild fans <laughs> when they did that one. <laughs> well i i totally respect that um I'm, I'm all about applauding for the team that you're cheering for but i i think that now that you've got um that goalie beaten six times or five times i guess with an empty netter mm -hmm. um flurry can go in with a little more confidence now you feel like i think you're back on even terms and if you get out of st louis two to two coming back home for the final three games um, or I should say game five and game seven. I I feel good if I'm a wild fan. I think old wild teams would have been flattened last night. They mm -hmm. wouldn't have known how to respond. They would have dropped that game, gone down 0-2. Um, last night's win proved to me that this wild team is is different. They're more resilient. They've got better resolve, and mm -hmm. they can score. Like yeah. they got to remind themselves that we can score a bunch of goals, and they did. 
Um, so I, I, I like their chances a lot now. Uh, hopefully game one was an aberration and that game two is more of what we're going to see. Well, yeah. Well, coming up next, we got Roy Williams. No, not North Carolina's Roy Williams, not the head coach with the gray hair. We got Roy Williams. He's a safety of the NFL, former first round draft pick that changed the scope of the league. And check out that interview next as we come back on the Ron Johnson show. But first, make sure to check out our daily show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's Superior Sports Talk with Care 11 Sports Director Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. Here, Reggie and Luke go back and forth about the latest in Minnesota sports five days a week. Find it on Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast feeds. And next up on the Ron Johnson Show, as promised, we have NFL safety. First round draft pick, eighth overall to the Dallas Cowboys, Roy Williams. Roy Williams, you, I mean, you've seen Roy Williams all over. He has a ton of highlights. He jumped over and made the tackle on Chris Sims, um, and, and that was one of his big highlights. You know, he won some awards. He was the number one DB in college football. Um, he's just all over the place. Mainly, though, you might remember Roy Williams also from the horse collar tackle. He changed the game of football. Like Kenny Pickett now has changed football for quarterbacks you can no longer fake slide Roy Williams so every time Harrison Smith gets a flag blame Roy Williams people because Roy Williams is the reason that is no longer legal but Roy is my boy we were in the same draft class I mean I got a ton of Roy Williams stories from the NFL draft but man I just realized today like it just hit me when I was doing my numbers this is the 20th year so this is a 20-year anniversary of our draft class in 2002 um, looking at some of the names, man, my teammate, Ed Reed, Hall of Famer, um, but guys we have fun with, man, Quentin Jammer, Julius Peppers, um, you know, Ryan Sims. I remember big Ryan Sims and Julius Peppers in, in the hallway, you know, just acting a fool at the Senior Bowl. I mean, at the uh, Combine, um, you got you got, you got got Levi Jones, you got Dwight Freeney, mm -hmm. uh, TJ Duggan, Ashley Lalee, Javon Walker. Um, you know, you got Ed Reed, of course, you got Lito Shepard, Mike Rump, Jeremy Shockey, all out of Miami. So Miami was kind of yeah. the Georgia of our draft class. Georgia this year had a ton of first round picks and a lot of draft picks, but, but Miami was our group that year. And so looking at the NFL, Roy, and looking at the 2022 draft class of DBs, um, what's the big difference in like, mainly let's go safeties. Cause you know, the Vikings drafted Lewis scene. Also, there was another safety taken by the name of Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Um, so he and those two, in my opinion, a lot of people, you know, Ryan Clark was on from ESPN and, and he alluded to it as well. They're kind of like the Ed Reed and Roy Williams of, of this draft class. Um, what's the big difference, though, that they're going to have to deal with or they have to deal with now that you didn't have to worry about in 2002? <laughs> um, it's it's. First, I think it's funny that you didn't mention the quarterbacks that were drafted. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Joey Harrington, David Carr. That's so messed up. You left them. <laughs> they didn't kick it with us, though. You know, you know they, when we were, man. When they, we was they, out, you know they kicked it with us, man. They, they, they sure. They, they're probably smart that they didn't hang out. <laughs> Their stock would have probably dropped. <laughs> no, no, seriously. And I, I honestly, I thought it was kind of messed up, like looking back at it now, too, that people were trying to make it a controversy between myself and Ed. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, I get the whole hate mail like, oh, Ed should have went before you. You know what? He, he should have. 
You know, I mean, let's be honest. But the Cowboys wanted my style of play, you know, and that was being close to the line and creating havoc. Um, Ed Reed, his stats and his um, all his accolades speak for itself. I mean, I hell, I sit back in my back my back patio, smoke cigars, and I watch Ed Reed highlights at times. You know what I mean? I, and yeah. I watch other players, but I just appreciate what other players brought to the game. Like that's, I don't watch an envy. I just, I just, I literally watch like an amazement because it's, I mean, I appreciate everybody's different talents that they brought right. to the game. Yeah. And um, as a, as a kid, you just hope one to get to that level to the NFL and two, you just hope to make an impact. And I think I, I, I added a, you know, extra layer as far as a horse collar and other rules that they, you know, deem dirty are defenseless receivers and, you know, helmet to helmet and all that stuff. So um, I felt like I added something and everybody else will. And, and the safeties that um, we're speaking about now, I don't think there's a controversy. I think they're just two different style of players. One's more hard nosed and one's more of a ball hawk. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the game has changed since um, you and me have been in. I mean, Literally, literally, they had different, four different or five different variations of what the horse collar tackle was when I played. I mean, they first they said you can grab inside the back of the the shoulder pad and bring them down, and then they were like, "Well, but you can't slide into their legs when you do it." I mean, there are so many different variations of how you can do it. you could do it, but you can't do it, and it's just like it's so frustrating, and it's but. Um, speaking about the safeties, I, I feel that the game has changed and it's it's more conducive for the offense to, you know, get off and, um, you know, light up the scoreboard. I mean, that's what the league league has come. There's no intimidation factors mm-hmm. now. I mean, when you have receivers, small in stature, no need to name no names because I'm not taking any shots at anybody. But receivers used to be scared to come across the middle back when we played like, ah, yeah, I'm probably not going to run that dig route. You know what I mean? Now, now they run it without even, they have no, um, there's no fear factor. And, you know, I, if I come across that middle, I may get hit. Nah, they don't even got to worry about that now, you know? So, um, and athletes now have kind of adapted to um, that style of play and letting the receiver get two steps, two feet down, and make a move, and then tackle them. So I, I think, I think they'll 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 be fine. Yeah. Um, their careers are going to be prolonged, especially with the new modified um, summer summer camps and training camps and all that stuff. Because I mean, I heard it's like watered down now. I mean, you can't go full de- full pads two days in a row or something. So I mean, they'll they'll have great careers, and I think um, if they if they just produce on the field, they're they're not going to have any any anything to worry about. Yeah, right. Well, you you brought up a good point. You said that the Dallas Cowboys wanted you, and that's I think that's the key is uh, looking at the Baltimore Ravens, what they see in Kyle Hamilton. That's what they wanted. They wanted a guy who's smooth, who moves around the field smooth. And the Vikings wanted a guy in Lewis Seen who's going to come up and destroy you. Like he is a yeah. heat seeking missile. Um, he he said he wants to impose his will and take the will away from another player. 
But you brought up a good point, and I thought about this. You said the Cowboys wanted you, and I thought back to who was there and who coached you, Mike Zimmer. So yeah. former Vikings head coach, now fired. Um, players on his exit made some some interesting comments, and a lot of players uh, were saying like the 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 atmosphere around Mike Zimmer had become kind of like, you know, not always friendly, um, you know, not always welcoming or inviting sometimes. Um, and, and they didn't feel like, you know, they were buddy, buddy. Um, and, and, and a lot of it was mainly offensive guys, you know, Zimmer, mm -hmm. we know Zimmer loved his DBs and whatever, but what was your experience um, with Mike Zimmer? Like, did you ever feel that way? Or were you always like, I know what kind of guy he is, whether he's nice to me or not. No, it's uh, I I love Coach Zim. I love. I mean, that's that's my guy, you know. Mm -hmm. And he got me, you know. Um, he challenged me just like my coach at Oklahoma challenged me, Mike Mike Stoops. So I mean, it it felt like I went from my situation in college from Mike Stoops to Mike Zimmer. It was it was that tough love, um, you know. Call you any and every name in the book, <laughs> but he he knew what buttons to push to get the best result out of me, and it's that added that added pressure as a being a head coach from being a DC, and you're you're kind of you're kind of shielded when you're a DC because the head coach takes pretty much all the hits, mm -hmm. and so if the atmosphere changed, it's probably because the added added pressure got on them, and you know he's just he's scrambling, you know, and it's tough to deal with that pressure when you're the, when you're the guy, and especially when you're the guy, your defense is, you know, your defense is playing good, but offense is inconsistent. And so, you know, he's like, y'all need to get y'all stuff together. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, I ain't gonna say it's blame game, but there's a lot of added pressures that it's tough to explain if you've never been a part of it. And I, I really hate that, you know, Zim got let go, but I, I get it. You know, if you don't win, you, you got to go. Um, but, I mean, I, I really feel um, I'm happy for him because he got to do what he set out and wanted to do. And that be well, that and that was to be a head coach. And so I'm, I'm pretty I'm very excited about it. And I mean, he is he regardless of him being fired or not, you will never be able to take away the things that he did in the community of Minnesota. Yeah. You know, he made him and his family have done so much for the, for uh, just the, the city of Minnesota. So um, just before people throw hate and gasoline on the fire to say bad things, just remember about the people that he uplifted and inspired. Yeah. And so when you look at Lewis scene, so, so let's move forward to the new Vikings regime. Mm -hmm. And, and I kind of explained Lewis, you know, Lewis scene, his comments to the media were that, you know, he wants to impose his will. Like he, yeah. he wants to come up and make a big hit. He wants to ignite and get everybody excited. Uh, Ryan Clark's comment was that Lewis scene in Georgia uh, wasn't the main focal point because they had so many other dogs on that team. You know, you had Jordan Davis at D tackle first round draft pick. And so you had, you know, a linebacker first round draft pick, you know, he had so many top players on that team already the cornerback you know you know one of the you know drafted nfl cornerbacks so they they had a lot of players but when you look at lewis scene compared to you and you were you know similar hitter um what in your mind advice could you give him for a guy that plays like you cut it loose literally cut it loose have fun like at the end of the day um I understand his thoughts as far as because I, I mean I think I said the same thing like I just I just want to suit up and hit people and mm -hmm. have fun with a smile, um, and I feel that he can do that, you know. And it, it's 
But at the same time, you need to understand, like, don't be, uh, don't play this game for free. You know, like, I know you want to impose your will, but at the same time, this league is not the league of the eighties and nineties and early two thousands. I mean, this is a, it's a, it's a new day. You can't be, you know, hitting people like that. And here's the deal. He can kill and crush as many people as he wants. The thing is, how many injuries are those players going to sustain? And when I say that, what I mean by that is he's not going to be able to blow people up a pie. He's going to have to take them low. And Mm -hmm. what comes low, you got ankles and knees. And, you know, I mean, some people are going to end up being hurt. So he just has to be prepared for that and understand that, you know, it's – I remember Larry Fitzgerald used to say, hey – Hit me up high, just don't hit me low. I'll pay mm-hmm. your fine. Larry, yeah. Larry said that, and there's a reason why. Because I mean, he's trying to prolong his career and keep himself safe. So I'm, I'm all for him. I'm all for going out there and imposing your will. I, I mean, I was the same style of player. I, I wanted people to know who I was, and I wanted them to fear coming across the middle. So I'm, I'm all for that. But now this new day and age, you just need to understand that there's some consequences that come with that. And I hope he's ready. He might get a rude awakening real quick on his first flag. And then that a little FedEx comes in the mail. <laughs> so when you, when you, when you horse collar, let's go back to that. When you horse collar, it was T.O. I think was the first one that got it or the worst one that got it. And, and I know you guys were no, he's not what, the worst one. He's not you, the worst one that got it. Honestly. Well, he was the most prominent, the one everybody yes, noticed because yes. he was going to the Super Bowl, blah, blah. Like that's your boy. Like how, how did that for you, like being your boy and then you saw what happened, like in your mind, did you even think like, man, maybe I need to stop horse collaring people? No, I, I, no, I, I felt bad because mm-hmm. I never, I never played the game to take people out the game. Mm-hmm. I only played the game to, you know, knock some people out, but yeah. not injure them. I never wanted to injure somebody and mess up their livelihood. That was never, never in my thought process. Yeah. Um, but if you were to play defense, Ron, mm-hmm. and you were supposed to try to tackle someone from behind, how are you going to do it? Right, you're going yeah. to right, reach and try to, you're yeah. Gonna, yeah, you know, I was always taught bring them down by any means necessary. So I literally self-taught myself how to tackle ever since I've been a kid, five, just going through trial and error, trying to tackle the bigger kids. Mm-hmm. So I perfected a way on giving the illusion that I'm taking one side away and making them go one way. And then I'll just reach behind them and just grab them down. Like yeah. I had it down to perfection. Like that's why people, Oh, he tackles so violent. And once he gets his hands on down, that's, that's just what I did. <laughs> and so, um, so when I did it, uh, when I horse collar T.O., Andy Reid's the one that led the charge on um, getting that tackle outlawed. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, so so, and then now it is outlawed. You know, outlawed. We we've seen it a ton here in Minnesota um, yeah. in the NFC period. Like I just think it's you know you got the Saints, you got a lot of guys that you know you got some big hitters, and mm-hmm. so you know moving forward, kind of you know looking at the scope of the NFL, everything you've been through, um, a fun one to end this. You have some fans and some haters that don't even really realize you're black. And so for those listening on the podcast, 
This is not the white Roy Williams. This is the black Roy Williams. How fun has that been? Every time North Carolina does something, you get a couple idiots that tweet you and are pissed off at you or trying to, you know, celebrate their team beating you. Um, And then I see you kind of rag with it and keep going. Like, how how has that been? I I honestly, I, it's, it's fun to me. I, I don't, I don't, it's not me. So, I mean, right. you're over here getting worked up about it. And it's, this is how I look at it. It's like, I can get upset and send like, this is not me type tweet or yeah. have fun with it. And you never know what somebody else on the other side of their phone is going through. So give them a little laughter. Uh, it's like, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a comedian by no means. I'm far from that. <laughs> but if I can give somebody some comic relief to ease up whatever they're, they got going on in their day, I'm just going to, I'm going to roll with it, you know? Yeah. And, and people are like, there's people that respond like, man, I really needed this laugh. I mean, it's been a hard day. So it's just like mission accomplished. I don't, I don't care about that. And I, I do have fun with it because I think it's, it's real funny that just because there's a check by somebody's name that says Roy Williams, you think that's the coach. If you sure. really look at the picture, it's a, it's an African-American guy. So you think <laughs> Roy Williams is, you know, posting pictures of his players on his, on his profile, like, come on, (laughs) but it's, 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 I enjoy it. I, it doesn't bother me none. It's, I don't even, I don't even post half of the stuff that I get. I even get a ton of stuff on, um, on Instagram too, that I get tagged in. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, no, I've seen you. I've seen you post something to talk about like, uh, you know, have fun to Roy Williams last night and it's like, they tag you, but it's coach. Yeah. Uh, you know, so but last one too. That's so I lied. That was the last last one, funny one. Because you said you're not a comedian. So I gotta I gotta go back to the story of 2002. Um, yeah. you know, as we mentioned earlier, the quarterbacks did not hang out with us. Like I don't know no. why they did not hang out. Oh, you know, no, no, Josh McCown did though. I will say that. Josh, Josh did. McCown yes. hung yeah. out with Josh, us. Josh uh, Josh told me. <laughs> so Josh McCown and Anton Randall, but he wasn't a quarterback, he was a receiver. And so yeah. myself, you, Josh McCown, Randall. Uh, Marquise Walker, like I said, Ashley Lee, Dante Stallworth, Javon Walker. You know, we're Clinton all Portis. Yeah, Clinton Portis. Yeah, because Clinton Portis yeah. was the young one that you know yeah. wasn't 21 yet. I remember that. Um, <laughs> so we're all going out to dinner. And for those who don't know the story, you know, the rookies, the top 32 most marketable rookies, they call it, uh, they get flown out to a location. Ours was the Rose Bowl in California. Mm-hmm. We get to a five-star hotel. You know, we got robes, slippers. You got a gift basket. And, and me, I'm like, man, a gift basket? What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Um, and I'm taking pictures of it. You know, my mom's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, just bring that to me. <laughs> and so we head to dinner. Everybody's suited and booted. You know, we got FUBU, you got Aniche. For those that don't know, white people, those are brands that we used to wear back in the 2002s for the African-American culture. Yeah. Um, Damn but John. Roy Williams, yeah, Sean John, Roy Williams shows up to dinner with a, a diamond out watch. Now, let's not let's get that straight. Spend yeah. some, some hefty cash on that. Probably a chain, I think, and a robe. My guy wore a robe. <laughs> To a five star with, with like a bottle of champagne. I think the pitcher he's holding a bottle of champagne at the dinner table in a robe. And my guy got up and does the 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 uh the toast for the group. <laughs> and I mean the pictures, I, I wish we had digital pictures, but I'm still I'm trying to reach out to them and get some. Di- we had some great fall. I mean, it's like me, you, Randall, you got Julius Peppers in there. I mean, you got like I said, you got all of the top guys. I mean, you can see the quarterback sitting off to the side with their head down, they're not trying to hang out with us. <laughs> David Carr's over there, like, man, I'm not a part of this. Um, what what was your thought when you came out the room in a robe, knowing you were about to get into a limo and go to a five star restaurant? 
I actually I think that that restaurant was Keyshawn Johnson's restaurant. It was. Yep. Right. If I remember yep, it was right. Keyshawn's. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I didn't I I did not care. Not to be disrespectful, but I I honestly I did not care because it's like let's go back to elementary middle school days when I used to imagine myself running a touchdown into the end zone thinking I was Tony Dorsett. Yeah. You know, thinking I knew when, I mean, I had the vision of playing for the Dallas Cowboys. So I made it like, it's like, no one can take this away from me now. Like I'm a cowboy, you know? So I, I wasn't, I wearing a rope. I, I honestly, I thought that was the coolest thing. I had, I, I've never, I've never had a robe in my hotel room before, and I was like, I felt royalty. Like I'm putting this on. Like, who's gonna say something to me? Like, so I didn't. I would literally every time I got to suit up for the Cowboys, I was a young kid living out a dream, you know. And then being able yeah. to experience that, like, I'm, think about it. Every time you see me at that that rookie deal, I was smiling, having oh, yeah. fun, like. You can, no one can take that. No one could take that joy away from me, from any of us. Like we got to reach the pinnacle of what we set our dreams out to be. And oh, yeah. we are, we're a part of an elite group. No, man, you, I'm you know, say, so man, you it was like, it me. was just like, I just, I, that's why I, I, I didn't even think about it. I was like, throwing this robe on. I had clothes <laughs> underneath it, but I was like, dude, we chilling. Right. Man. Yeah. For the people that don't, yeah, yeah. he didn't come out naked. No, he, yeah, he no. had on clothes. Yeah. I had clothes on and, and um, and I, I don't I don't drink, but I was just like, dude, we need to embrace this moment. Like, we you know what's funny? I do remember you saying that. that too. You were like, I don't even drink, but give me a bottle of champagne. Yeah, I, 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 I don't drink. I know. You, I think you just poured everybody's drink. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure you grabbed a bottle, poured it for everybody. Um, because I mean, I, I personally, I was a fourth round pick, so I'm looking at the table. You got Julius Peppers. He was two yeah. overall. You got David Carr. I'm like, I'm not paying for this. Like y'all got first round money, <laughs> but then we found out later Keyshawn took care of it. Like yeah. that was Keyshawn's deal with the NFL, getting yeah. the rookies out to his restaurant. The NFL, I'm pretty sure, hooked Keyshawn up with some publicity. Yeah. Um, but no, Roy, man, like Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, everything I went to, man, that you were there, man. We always have fun. I appreciate the friendship. Like you always were there. Um, you know, man, it's just because this league, man, you just never know who you're gonna click with. And then mm-hmm. who you kind of be like, man, I can't really be around that guy. And I appreciate you for that reason, man, because you were a guy I knew if I'm around, I'm not going to get in trouble. Like you weren't a guy that I felt like we're going to wake up the next day and our name's going to be in a paper. Um, you know, there's going to be some stories about what we did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but we ain't going to be in a paper. Like it's going to be some stories on the bus the next morning. Cause everybody's getting up like, man, what was y'all doing over there, man? Like oh, everybody man. in the club was coming over to y'all table and blah. Like, it's going to be some stories, man. Like, that's why I look back, man, like hanging out at the NBA All-Star game. I got Mike Rump coming up, Ed Reed, Philip Buchanan. Why? Because I'm sitting over there next to, you know, behind Destiny's Child. They're trying to figure out how Mm -hmm. I know Beyonce and why, you know, why are they actually having a conversation with me? Um, Because I met them in college. You know, when I was in college, I met them. And so we stayed friends. And so, like, man, like, we really had a lot of fun. Um, And I only played three years, man. Like, I, I bounced around my fourth and fifth year, and then I was done. But I, I will say, man, like, I lived it up. I enjoyed y'all, man. And even after I was done, man, I enjoyed watching <laughs> you play. Um, you know, and and you, I tell people, I tell safety this all the time. So I'm going to tell Lewis seen this. We're interviewing him tomorrow. Like, you did it the right way. As hard as you hit, 
I've never seen you like try to spear somebody. It's always shoulder. It's proper tackle. And that's probably why you never really had to come out with like ridiculous, crazy stuff where people hate you because it was never really dirty. You know, I've seen some dirty players and uh, that Larry Fitzgerald quote, man, that's probably the best thing I've heard. But I want to thank Roy Williams for joining me on the Ron Johnson show. Up next is the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes. Stick around for that. Do you want smart post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite sports teams? Well, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Get instant reactions from our Locked On team hosts, along with prominent reporters like Kevin Gork for the Wild, Brandon Warren for the Twins, and Chalanga Legison for the Timberwolves. No fluff, just 10 minutes of straight analysis after each game. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube and never miss a podcast. Well, it's time. No, it's not wild time. It's time for the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes. Take it away, Sam. Minnesota Vikings news. They are officially playing in London week four next season against the New Orleans Saints. So two parts to this question. Number Mm -hmm. one, what do you think of the matchup? Number two, what do you think about having a week five bye? Because usually you get a bye after the London game. Week five is a pretty early bye week. So how do you feel about that? Um, well, hopefully they play the lions like week 10 or 11. So that could be another buy for them. Um, but yeah, week five is a tough one, but also after travel, I get it. Like you do need that break. Cause you, you know, you're, you're crossing the pond. It's a long flight there, long flight back. Um, you're, you're out of your room. Cause I think they take them over like a week early, maybe like a couple days early so they can get adjusted and being over there to that time change. Um, so I'm not opposed to the buy in five. I just know, yeah, a lot of people wanted like an eight, nine. That's kind of that perfect sweet spot because you split the season in half and you, your body's been beaten up and then you get time off. <clears throat> but again, Kevin O'Connell uh, coming off of a Super Bowl win, he kind of has the formula, I think, for rest and bodies and what, what they possibly can do and what they should do. So I think Kevin O'Connell um, will come up with some kind of formula to create a way um, to rest their bodies mid-season. So whether it's, um, you know, looking at, hey, we're going to take these days off this week or we're going to give you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off this week um, in the middle of the year as the guys get older or, sorry, get more tired and, and more worn. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't I don't see it. I think I think it's fine. I, I, I'm glad it's the Vikings not losing a home game. It's the Saints are going to be a home team. So I think that's the positive of that one. The, the Saints lose a home game, so it becomes a neutral uh, game now versus going to the Saints, dealing with the Saints fans, dealing with the Saints crowd. I think when you go over to London, for some reason, it seems like the Vikings have more fans uh, than most teams. Um, so they will have more. I think like New England's up there, too, and only because people love Tom Brady and, and they won so many championships in the last like 20 years. And so that's kind of become the international team for people to look at when they're looking at because Super Bowl gets played everywhere. Um, you know, day to day games do not. So if I'm only getting you know, big time playoffs and Super Bowls in other countries. Well, if I'm if I'm watching, I'm only watching Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's won most of the Super Bowls he's played in. Some great ones too. If you look at the Falcons, uh, uh, New England game. So I think New England uh, is up there also because it's New England. So people are like, oh wait, is that our team too? Because we're London, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we're old. We're old England. That's New England. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's going to be tough because yeah, it's it's only going to be you know three weeks of, of training camp and preseason, um, and then you're going to play four games and then you're on a bye. So that's that's a little tough because now you have a you know after that what four you have a 13 game stretch of no rest. 
Um, and then you hopefully are in the playoffs. So yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough sledding. Hopefully they can put some uh like Audra said, hopefully they can get a good GPA early in the season so they can get some early wins. Um, so that as they start to get tired down the stretch, they've already built up a cushion. Um, so that every game, like from week, I'd say week 12 on or week 13 on 13, 14, 15, 16, from that point on, hopefully every single game isn't detrimental to them making the playoffs. Hopefully it's like, all right, we just got to win, you know, two out of the next five and we're in, you know, something like that where they've already kind of accumulated maybe eight wins or nine wins by week 13. Uh, Cause if they're, if they're, you know, nine and four by week 13, um, I think that's huge. Because, uh, but but again, you still can't falter. Because if you lose all of them, you're back to nine and eight. But I think nine and four by week thirteen, if that's that's a good gauge. I haven't looked at this. I, I you know, like I said, we're, I'm starting to get schedule leaks here and there. I'm starting to get some info. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I get that, I think I have a better idea. But no, I don't. I don't like the bye week and five. But who knows? Who knows what the NFL would do? Yeah, it is a pretty favorable schedule though. Nine home games for the Vikings this year. Only seven true road games, yeah. and then the neutral games. So that a pretty good outlook we'll get that schedule sometime next week and if the lions and the the lions suck that's a home game because their fans will not show up so kind of true except the vikings (laughs) lost their last year true which is was not great um (laughs) urban meyer the fired jaguars coach reports are he could be back at fox doing studio analysis for college football next year amidst all the drama around meyer do people still want to hear what he has to say Man, there's so much going on in this world. I think Urban Meyer, he he rolled the wave of shut the heck up and let the world do what it does, and that's give me some more hot headlines. Uh, you got people out here casting out demons of abusers at rallies. You know, like if a woman abuses a guy of, of whatever he did, you can't cast it out with Jesus. Like you can't say that woman's just lying and Jesus will fix this. Like what is going on with people? So when you think about that, like, you know, you got – you got uh, players, you know, asking for big trades and money. You got people, you know, testing positive for PEDs. Urban Meyer, uh, was he an idiot? Yes. Did he do anything to hurt anybody besides himself? No. Like, everything he did was consensual. Everything he did was absolutely dumb. Um, you know, he abandoned his team and stayed back and hung out at a bar, and we know what happened. Uh, he played quarterback, and she was his center. Um yeah, it was just what Urban Meyer wanted to do. But no, I don't think anybody cares. Like, I think if he's on TV, you're going to have some people that fake hate him and they're going to tweet about, I can't believe they put him. But he didn't do anything uh, besides be a, you know, make a bad decision. Like, he just made a bad decision. Uh, and the Jacksonville Jaguars fired him because, you know, other other reports were coming out about stuff he was saying, like, you know, being mean to players, being mean to kickers, saying stuff to players, so on and so forth. But no, I I think people still want to hear what he has to say. Um, at the end of the day, people aren't going to turn Fox off because he's on. Uh, I think you're going to get tweets every time he makes a comment about something that could be considered an innuendo. Um, so I think from a marketing standpoint, they're like, hey, look, this guy's going to move the needle. Like people are going to, if he does something and we can get a soundbite because people, you know, are quick on the trigger, uh, it's going to be out there. Like if he says something like, you know, I really love hot buns with my hot dog or something, you know, like, oh, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna blow up. People are gonna be like, hey, you need to stay away from hot buns. That's what got you in trouble last time. Like, you know, like, that's, that's why I don't think it's gonna matter. It's so much going on in this world, man. You got war, uh, you got, you know, Roe versus Wade, Brown, Brown versus the Board of Education now is being questioned. Uh, I mean, 
you know, people don't think people should get free public school. Like what? So it's just, it's, it's getting crazy where Urban Meyer is a blip on the radar right now. Yeah. Fair point. It's such a safety net now for these coaches to fall back on TV because they get the cushy schedule. They get the big money. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it really is not that bad to to get fired these days for some of these like high profile guys because you've got an easy paycheck coming yep. your way. John Morant is averaging forty point five points per game so far in the Warriors series. Do the Wolves deserve more credit for the way they defended Ja in their series where he only averaged twenty one points a game? No, they lost. So no, like I I, I saw Patrick Beverly tweet that out too like he never put a 47 against us but they won like there are no moral victories like we we can't try to find a moral victory in this for the Timberwolves they lost they should have done more maybe let them score 40 uh because then the rest of the team can't help when he's out like that's that's what I think we're noticing is like now he cannot go out with the clip he's playing at because they are now reliant on him they now need him to do what he's doing um I think the biggest difference though is the Warriors are uh defending other guys like they're they're they they they're probably saying you know what let's let him because eventually if Jai's scoring 40 but he's in foul trouble now you have to get get a guy cold to come in and try to do what he can do um Dylan Brooks who knows if he's going to be available for the next game after what he did um but I I don't think Minnesota deserves credit I will say Patrick Beverly I get where he's going he did a great job of being a pest uh, but a lot of Jaws like deficiency in scoring was due to his foul trouble. Um, you know, he he was not in every single game the entire game uh, where the Warriors aren't attacking him um, or the rim the way the, you know, Anthony Edwards does. And I think that's the big difference is the guys he's guarding are at the top of the key shooting threes. And so it's a it's a little bit different game. It's, a, it's played at a different pace. Both teams are making smart decisions. Um, you know, with the ball in the chaoticness of the game, like there, when it's chaotic, it's not a bunch of like miss, 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 run down, run down, miss, miss. It's layup, make it, boom, step back three, run around, Steph, rebound, miss. Everybody get where Steph at. Oh, he's over in the corner. Three, come down. John Morant, dunk, come back down. Andrew Wiggins, dunk on him, come back down. Gary Pate Jr., dunks on him, come back down. John Morant, dunks on him again. I mean, it's just, it's fast paced. It's fun. It's, ex it's exactly what TV wanted when TNT said, hey, can we get the two and three to get into this game um nothing against the timberwolves but i know this is what when they set that bracket everybody circled this possible matchup warriors versus memphis because the way these two teams play in the in the uh high speed offenses of both the the high efficiency offenses of both uh tyus jones has been playing really high efficient smart basketball as well they love this matchup. I, I feel bad for Gary Payton to second because he's, you know, he finally found a home. He was fitting in with Jordan Poole and Steph and Clay and Draymond when they called it the death lineup when they put Dre at the five. Um, and now Jordan, or not Jordan Poole, but now uh, Gary Payton Jr. is out a month with a fractured elbow. So, no, I don't, I don't give the Timberwolves any extra credit. I do give Pat Bev though. I do say, man. Like he, when he puts his man, when he puts his chest out and says, like, say it with your chest, like you, uh, you got to get through me. He means it. So I, I will give him credit for that. But it's a it's a different game when the when the Warriors and, the, and Grizzlies are on the court. Yeah, and the Wolves paid Josh so much attention that he was dishing and getting 15 assists in a game. I mean, he was helping his teammates in other ways. Right. Um, also, the Grizzlies lost one of these two games, too. So right. uh, it's only 1-1 in that series. It's not like Ja won them both games. Correct. 
Well, that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show. Please go back and check out the interview with Roy Williams. It was great. Talked a lot about what these young rookies like Lewis Seen is going to have to do in the NFL. But then also Mike Zimmer, his former coach, uh, my wild experience. You got to see the start. I got the towel going. I mean, what's better than the towel, the playoff towel? Um, and then, of course, the Daily Three. Had a great time with Sam Ekstrom. Thanks you, thank you, Sam, for everything you do. Um, that'll do it for us today. Please subscribe to us on the youtube channel that's locked on sports minnesota on youtube and you can search the ron johnson show and also wherever you get your podcast you can take us wherever you want to go have a great day hey prime members You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.